0: What's up, guys? Uh, this is Jacob back with the No Easy Buckets podcast uh, once again, joined by Walker Walker Eaton. Uh, glad to have you back, man.
1: Good to be back, man. A little hiatus, but uh, yeah. I was going to say a busy week, but kind of a busy hour. The past two hours,
0: really. <laughs> yeah, it's no longer can you uh, measure these things in in weeks, not even days. Like you have to measure them in like mornings and afternoons. It's like you know, four-hour time periods, you know, so much stuff happens, so glad we could, uh, I figured we'd try to do one every day here, before the draft, do a pod every day, so um, it's turning out to be no lack of content.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think our favorite text message to each other during this time of the year is just bomb in all caps, so when you sent me that, I had briefly stepped away from Twitter today, um, which I guess will lead us into the the first topic, Uh, I I guess you might give a synopsis of what we're going to talk about, but... Yeah, when you sent that about the Lakers trade with um, the Nets, it just got super happy, and here we are a few hours later, and there's been another trade plus some pretty serious rumors um, and big names thrown around. So,
0: yeah, and that is, I mean, you you hit the nail on the head. That was what we were going to kind of open up with. Um, you know, with no lack of uh, you know, don't have to rehash really anything that's happened uh, in the past few days. You can just start with the day of, and that started pretty uh, relatively early this morning, at least on the West Coast. Um, you know, it was uh the the, the Woj bomb, like you said, it was Dangelo Russell and Timothy Mazgov um from the Lakers being traded to Brook Lopez, uh being traded for Brook Lopez to the uh to the to the Nets and the twenty seventh overall pick from uh Brooklyn that was actually I think that swap with uh Boston. So that was actually Boston's pick that was swapped is gonna go back to the Lakers to give them uh actually three first rounders now. So um, that's uh, that's interesting there, but overall in the trade, I mean, we talked about it, but I think uh, in from Brooklyn's perspective, I think it was a win. Uh, I think that was a, a good trade for them. Uh, you're not going to get anybody, even in my opinion, you're, you're not going to get anybody as good as D'Angelo Russell at the 27th pick. Not even close. So that's you're you're basically swapping salaries for Mozgov. You know his. It's an albatross of a salary, but it's not going to really bother them for the next couple of years. Here's the thing: when I originally saw this trade. I've pretty
1: much done a 180. I was like, holy crap, the Lakers have robbed the Nets. And that was solely because of my short-sightedness of just looking at the Mozgov contract. As I think about it more, as I thought about it more, as I chatted with coworkers more about it, I'm not ready to say that... I I think that this was beneficial for both sides. Obviously, Brooklyn, first and foremost, there's no way they're getting anything close to D'Angelo Russell at 27 It's very important to remember he's still only 21 years old. Um, I know I've read several things that think the coaching staff in Brooklyn is actually good for where he is in his career um, going forward now, whether or not he's got playmakers on that floor to facilitate to. That's kind of a different story. Um, But, I mean, Brooklyn definitely gets a good piece going forward. Um, And then another interesting factor of this with Brooklyn, they have one of the lowest salaries in the league this year. I know next year... They're already committed. They're, I think they're probably listed as the seventh, sixth, or seventh lowest. Um, obviously, before free agency, but they actually needed a little help. I think this year getting to the tax or to the salary cap floor, which is yep. correct me if I'm wrong, eighty or eighty-five percent of what the cap is. So Mozgov kind of ha- helps there. You, you think he's gonna, probably going to be on their books for two years, um, kind of dead weight. Maybe you can ex- trade him as an expiring. But uh, obviously, the big thing here was to get D'Angelo Russell. Um, to get a you know top five pick, what was he number two two years ago um, yeah. for a twenty seventh pick, which depending on which mock you look at, I mean that could have been a Caleb Swanigan. Uh, I saw Terrence Ferguson's name in there. Uh, you know, probably someone who's not going to be productive, certainly not right away. Whereas D'Angelo is going to be given the keys uh, right away. And then for the Lakers, obviously <clears throat> the two biggest takeaways here are uh, the, the the salary dub. You know, you get Mosley off of the books, yeah. which. All the rumors flying around with, with Paul George and, of course, LeBron, the 18-19 season. They're going to have to clear cap space just in case. And then, obviously, Lonzo Ball. you know This almost solidifies the fact that they're going to take him, which I think is the right pick. Uh, but it's good. There, leave no doubt. you know Don't let anybody worry about what the plan is going to be. They took care of it early, and I, I like that for both
0: sides. Right. I do think that uh, Lonzo is the right pick there. I think it was probably going to be the guy, if they kept the pick, was going to be their guy all along. Now you don't have to worry about that. I still think D'Angelo and Lonzo could have worked together. I like yeah. thought that would have been an exciting combo. Just, but I, you know, I'm optimistic because I'm a D'Angelo guy. But right. Um. But I think now you, there's there's you know you can work him along in with Clarkson. Whether you decide to start Clarkson or play both of them at the same time, you can work with those lineups. You get one of those terrible contracts off the books in Mozgov, which is so important. Very. You still have the Dean contract, which, you know, there's multiple things that have been discussed on what you could do with that, whether it's stretching or – right. I mean, he's yeah. just deteriorated in last year, so I don't know if you could find a contender that's going to need him. I don't think, you know, a team like the Cavs or the, the Warriors are going to bite on something like that just because of the money and um, – uh, that you talked about Brooklyn being such a, a low salary team, Mozgov is now the highest paid player on their team, Insane. which is which is crazy. You know, next is Jeremy Lin, and they've got a lot of young guys there. They've um, they've 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 definitely for what they the situation they were left in. Uh, the new I think the guy's name is like Sean Marks there. He, I think he's done a great great job uh, stockpiling whatever they could, getting right. legitimate young players to, to take chances on. And then, you know, trying to get those picks back, you know, it is really hard to get picks. So he's just not sending any of his other ones out besides the one he sent out this year, which we've already talked about. That was that was fine. Um, so I like the move there. Uh, I like it for both uh, both teams. I mean, this is one of those things where you look back and it's like the the Lakers, if they had not assigned those two players in back to back years, Mozgov and Ding what kind of wonderful situation are you in right now like you don't even have to make a trade like this you get to keep all of your young assets all of your picks and can still go into free agency even this year or next year with max cap space for multiple players so like it just goes to show you that the value of a good front office is is paramount because you had a uh an aging front office there that had been there and it was on the outs with kobe and was making ill-advised moves, and you finally got the right guys in there with the coaching staff as well, with Luke Walton, and 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 now you see like uh, I guess moves that make sense, for lack of a better term. So that was something good, that good I
1: wanted to hit on. I'm glad you brought that up. Is how good of a job that Rapalinka and Magic Johnson have done in a yeah. short amount of time. I don't think that anyone would say that they've had um, you know any kind of bad move. I think all of it's kind of been optimistic for them and pray, you know, nothing but pray. So I personally think that's good for the league. They become a young and exciting team. And we haven't even mentioned Brooke Lopez who yes, he's on expiring, but he's still a very, very good and productive player. So they'll at least be a fun team to watch to see how much they care about getting that eight seed next year. If that's what ownership is going to want or the front office is going to want. But I definitely like the idea of watching Lonzo play uh, with Clarkson and Randall and uh, Ingram and Lopez and I mean plenty, plenty of guys. I mean, it's, it seems fun. I know they're not going to compete or anything with with the top guns or even you know this top seven or eight, but I definitely think, like you said, it's it's a step in the right direction.
0: Right, and there's no incentive to tank uh, next year because you your your pick is outright to right outright to uh, actually Boston now, or Philly, the, one of those teams. Yeah, depending on so the production. The Brooklyn yeah. Lopez pick, you know, he actually could help you in the short term. He's still a very right. talented center, and he's probably going you know, yeah, to – He averaged 20 points a game last pass. year. Right, he's still and he's actually stretched out to the three-point line. So it's an interesting play there. There's probably no long-term uh, thing unless he would agree to go with a vet minimum, which he's probably going to be good enough to, to – Probably too young for that still, contract. right? Yeah, so you're not going to – not going to do that and i will get into a little bit later when we talk about something at the end of the show um uh, teams with multiple first round picks something that i think that have even if they don't get paul george which i think it may be hard to do um before uh the draft i think these three picks even if they just keep one you know two of them uh, and move another one uh, i think these picks are very important to the future and to the next two years of free agency for the the uh the lakers if they keep them so we'll get into that a little bit later we won't uh, you know get off track here yet but um like we said you know I, I read a report from david aldridge that the lakers plans uh for that um you know stein reported that they were planning on trying to package the 27 and 28 pick for and randall uh for paul george maybe including you know randall or clarkson in that deal and aldridge also said that they had That was a Stein report. Aldridge's report was that Sacramento, they had talked with Sacramento about flipping two for five and 10, which was something that I thought that they would be looking at. Um, And uh, then they would have packaged uh, one of the five or 10 pick with 27, 28 and a player for Paul George. Two very solid offers uh, to Indy, which, you know, I still think there's a possibility they get the 27, 28 and a Randall or Clarkson for him. But Mm -hmm. you know, I take either of those deals.
1: Yeah, obviously the one when you can flip the Kings pick a much better deal for Indianapolis. I don't I don't see that happening, especially not in a draft like this where if you listen to the latest BS pot well not the latest, but uh, when you had, you know, Chris Ryan and and those guys on this week, I mean, there's a good chance that the best player in this draft's gonna be the fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth pick. Um, so for Sack to have five and ten, I mean there's your chances of getting a really good player right there are super high. Um, so you never know as, as time goes on, the teams definitely, definitely do get desperate. So I could see Indianapolis trying to take that 27, 28 in a player.
0: Yeah. I mean, at some point you have to get something and, uh, I think there's probably zero chance he stays there for another year after this. Um, so if you, if there's, in, in my opinion, if there's any package that gives you picks, you take it, um, you know, right. if you can get a young player in that, that's fine.
1: Uh, man, going to be rebuilding,
0: it. right? Indy's gonna be rebuilding. They have some young uh, players. Miles there. Turner. Uh, Miles Turner, you know, looks great. They have a, uh, you know, I guess Glenn Robinson showed a little bit last year. Um, you have some you have some pieces there. You're gonna have cap space uh when, with Paul George leaving and, and you know whether or not you re-sign Jeff Teague, which I probably in in this situation, if you trade Paul George, I would not re-sign him. Um, but you're gonna have some flexibility there and I think there's probably still a trade that could get done. We'll see what happens. I'm still a fan of, uh, uh, for Cleveland's sake, trying to get trying to get George for Love straight up, or maybe a three teamer. So um, I'm holding out hope for that just for personal reasons. But uh, right. this one of these Lakers trades would right. probably actually make more sense for for uh, for, uh, for Indy. But um, but uh, there was also another trade <laughs> that broke about an hour and a half ago. Uh, while I was going at the gym, and while you were going headed to the gym, um, it was uh, the Dwight Howard trade, which he he now is uh, in the news again. Uh, Dwight Howard was uh, yet, sh- again. How? yet again, yet again, yet uh, again. Dwight Howard was traded to from the Atlanta Hawks to the Charlotte Hornets. He's the centerpiece of that. Charlotte um, sent back uh, Miles Plumley, not to be confused with Mason or any other Plumley. Miles Plumley, Marco Bellinelli, and they swapped uh, the 41st overall pick and the 31st, so uh, Atlanta sent 34 to Charlotte for their 41. So basically, uh, Charlotte got the better pick out of that, which is the first pick of the second round, which uh, I saw on Twitter actually, was a Brooklyn Nets pick from the Joe Johnson trade oh, oh so wow. long ago. That was something that I was like, that's obnoxious. I, I stopped and read that a couple of times because I was like, wow, this pick just conveyed – like, that is crazy. That is crazy. Um, that is that trade that happened, I mean, gosh, probably seven years ago. I mean, maybe longer, that, but it feels like longer, it. Maybe longer, but yeah. So that was something that was cool. I, it's one of those trades where it's kind of like WTF. It's like what, you know, it doesn't really do anything for anybody. Uh, you know, people, can, you can say, you know, I mean, I still think Dwight has good minutes left in him. I just don't know if he buys into whatever program, whatever team he's at. Other than that, I like the fact that Charlotte moved up to 31 from 41. That's decent. You got the Plumlee was a long had a longer contract than Dwight, so you have a little bit of cap relief. Into you know with Dwight only being on for like two more years, I think. So there's some positives there. I mean, what do you? I think you had some uh, points that you wanted to make for Atlanta that uh, seemed kind of to make well, sense. Well, I.
1: I mean, these aren't necessarily my – I guess they could be my points because it's just kind of general knowledge. I first saw it on Twitter just before I put a lot of thought into it. But the obvious thing here is if they want to bring back Millsap and Tim Hardaway, they had to, to lose some money. This allows them to do that. Uh, but you and I both agree that we're not sure they're going to give Tim Hardaway the right amount of money. Although that – I mean, we see that so often, though. Sometimes you just have to overpay for guys – uh, that you want to have, and if you don't, sometimes you can get left out by not getting anyone. So, um, a lot of it that just has to do with good fortune and timing of when you're signing people, um, which you know can or cannot create better parity. But, and then Winhorse Winhorse said that this move indicated that they were going to rebuild. So it's kind of conflicting reports out there. I think you brought up the point that if they're going to rebuild, this probably isn't it for them. They're probably going to make some more moves. Um, so that will be interesting to see. I mean, when I think of Atlanta. You know they have some young pieces. They have Schroeder at point guard, who I'm not really crazy about. Um, I think he's fine. I thought he was much better suited as that backup point guard role, but he kind of falls into that weird spot, like Reggie Jackson did with Oklahoma City. You know where he feels like he could be a starter, and he probably can for uh, maybe a worse team in the league. Uh, Hawks probably a little bit too good of a team, at least with their aspirations of um, at least you know at least a couple years ago when they traded him uh, for him to be the starter. Uh, but it is what it is. But other young pieces they have there. I mean, I know they have Torrey and Prince, who I think is coming off a really good first year. I mean, he showed some showed some signs. Uh, obviously, Millsap is older. Um, can help me out Am I Tim Hardaway? I mean, he's kind of a young piece, but they don't. Yeah, you know, he's, not, uh,
0: he's. I think he had. He's not. I don't believe he may be restricted free agent this year. Well,
1: that's not I good for them.
0: Yeah, and that may be. Because that, you know, I think he may be a restricted free agent this year. I think he's on that, you know, fourth or fifth year out of the draft. He was a first-round draft pick, so that would make the timeline make sense. Um, if that's the case, you probably do see a team, like you said that's bad for them, you probably see a team uh, like the Nets or even somebody like that, or the Net, you know, offer him more money than Atlanta is able to match. Absolutely. Out there. There's going to be a lot of teams out there. I would there.
1: say the Nets are a prime candidate for that because they're going to have a lot of space. Yeah.
0: Might as well take a score.
1: chance Yeah, especially to pair with D'Angelo, um, you know, depending on. I mean, I know they still have Jeremy Lin, so that will be interesting to see who actually gets to start there. I mean, I would start D'Angelo, no doubt. I but
0: would, Yeah, I would probably, honestly, if I were them, I'd start Lin with D'Angelo. I'd You're right. Start both. I mean, what, um, do you, what do you have
1: to lose? <laughs> absolutely nothing.
0: But I just one real quick point about Atlanta. I know I had mentioned to you that they had a new GM and that that may we I don't really know what their path is going to be yet. Maybe they are rebuilding maybe they're trying to retool they're doing it on the fly i did just see uh, i looked up who it was who they made the hire because i couldn't remember his name is uh travis uh schlink or schleck uh he uh was spent 10 years with uh or no the he spent a dozen years with golden state and just left them he was the director of player personnel under bob myers at golden state for the last five years so you got a solid hire there absolutely been you know helped build a championship culture yeah he's
1: seen successful culture exactly what i was gonna say right
0: and i think you know you can win in atlanta especially especially in the east they've had solid players there they have a great coaching staff so I, i don't you know whatever they decide to do i think they're in a decent uh especially with them being able to compete in the east regardless honestly I think they're in a, a good spot uh, with whatever they tried to do. Let me,
1: in, let like me throw a sidebar so. at you real quick, and uh, yeah. we, we need to stay away from the Grizzlies tonight because <laughs> they don't have a pick. But this came up in the office today. I don't want you to spend more than 20 seconds on this. If you, as a Grizzlies fan, I'm going to ask you t- two two things. If you were, as a Grizzlies fan, would you take one year of LeBron coming here to play with Mike and Mark and a healthy Chandler in order to be followed by 10 years of us being the Brooklyn Nets? Is that worth it to you, oh, even considering w- what Golden State is right now? Would you take one year of LeBron with Mike Mark and a healthy Chandler, and all of our other role players resigned? It, but you, but crazy. you're forced, you're forced to be followed with ten years of Brooklyn Nets, so. so though. We're talking crazy. peak Brooklyn,
0: right? I'm a, I'm a, uh, I'm a big LeBron guy and would love that, but I'm gonna go against my initial gut Absolutely. and say no. Because I would love to see I mean obviously it's not even a guarantee that you win a championship I don't know if, if we're better than Cleveland with that makeup you know but uh, you know it, it would be it would be a lot of fun but I don't think especially in a market like Memphis, you go 10 years like the Brooklyn Nets you may not have anybody going to your games
1: So that was my argument <laughs> but then someone Absolutely. said if you what if you had LeBron for two years though what if you had LeBron for two years followed by followed by say eight years of Brooklyn?
0: That you're 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 playing on my heartstrings a little bit more. I might I might get on. See, I, I think too, if if business. we can have
1: two years of a healthy Mike Mark and Chandler and LeBron James, I think you have to roll the dice because if you can win a title, then, yeah. and and who's to say that, you know, we don't know what our organization is going to look like in three years. I mean, all of our we best may players be the are Brooklyn Nets anyway. <laughs> yeah, if Chandler if Chandler never recovers. And then Mark and Mike are out of their primes, and what are we left with? I mean, we're not, we're not exactly ready to rock and roll with, with Wade, Jarrell, Deontay, and, and crew. I mean, I like some of these guys, but, you know, they're not the heir apparent. parents. But anyway, uh, we're going to cut that off now, or we'll be on it for way too long. So moving on, uh, we've kind of touched on Paul George a little bit, but just kind of off the cuff, what's your knee-jerk reaction? Do you think Butler or George moves prior to the draft starting?
0: I think one of them moves. I think one of them moves. I think it's going to be Paul George. Uh, Jimmy Butler actually just came out. I saw this that he said that he would rather remain with the Bulls than go to the Cavs.
1: Very surprising to me.
0: Very surprising. I don't. I didn't like the move to the Cavs. I'd rather have George on the Cavs anyway. But um, it's very surprising that he came out in the news and said that, um, which is, you know, maybe he believes that LeBron's not going to stay there. Maybe he doesn't want to be second fiddle, which is interesting as well. That could play well for somebody like Boston or you know maybe especially on the back of
1: Dwayne Wade yeah. news coming out that he's going to yeah. be picking up his player option. I mean it doesn't seem like those two really mesh well together.
0: With the way the Bulls front office has been pretty inept in the past couple years with moves and free agent signings and and, uh, and trades um, I honestly I don't see them I, I see them either overvaluing it or just playing hardball to the point where nobody wants to deal with them and you're just going to see Jimmy Butler play out another year, maybe comes into a situation like Paul George. now, Where they move him in the last year of his contract, and end up probably getting less than they would if they did it now. So you, it's the same cycle in the NBA with these guys. But I think George moves before, uh, before uh, anything with Butler. Uh, I think uh, there's a good there's a chance for the Cavs there. I already expressed how I would hope for that to happen. There's rumblings that the Clippers might try to get in on it just uh, – to try to expedite that LA uh, right. journey that, that George is going to go on, because I mean that like somebody made a good point today. If he's already in LA, maybe he feels like you know, hey, I'm already here. I don't really care if I'm with the Lakers or the Clippers. It's not really that big of a deal. We won, we're winning here in Cl- the you know in with the Clippers. You know, we have a good you know we have a, an owner that's willing to spend. We have cap space coming up. You know regardless of whatever players to hang on to, maybe they can convince him to stay there. Because if he's already you know enjoying life in L. A., what does he really care care what color the jersey is? Absolutely. In the world where you know the Lakers haven't been a contender in a, in, a, in a while. And if he
1: hates so. the Clippers, then hey, just go you know change <laughs> your jersey. Like who freaking right. cares? He's in a like, great position. Yeah, absolutely, he
0: is. Yeah, he's he's that's the thing in people will get on him, especially probably Indiana fans. I mean, and I understand that, but, you know, he's, Again, he's, it's the he's same being possible. honest with you. He, he tried to make it a, a – you should have traded him six months ago, but you didn't. So yeah, now they're going he's, he's telling that. you, please do it now so that you don't just get left in the dust. But but whatever, you know, it's neither here nor there. I think he gets moved. I think he's going to – you know, I think he's headed west regardless of uh, what that is and – you know, I think it'll be interesting to see what Indiana can get for him. Maybe they get assets in this draft, which is pretty deep. Um, and they already have a you know, middle of the uh, draft first round. I think it's 18. So they can package that with something yeah, else. Yeah, like we
1: said, they need young pieces right now. So, yeah, um, you know. Let's see here. Moving on. Oh, this one. This is maybe the most shocking news of the day, yeah. even though the nothing has happened. And I don't think it will happen. Phil Jackson listening to offers, serious offers on Chris Stapp's Porzingis. This is absurd, is it not?
0: It almost felt like a joke to me. It almost exactly. felt like Phil Jackson was just jealous and wanted to get in on the news. It's like, what do you, they said he viewed Lauri Markkinen as a
1: That's the a biggest joke of all time.
0: I mean, Markkinen looks like a great shooter, but he is not Porzingis, and I don't think he will be Porzingis. He's not
1: seven freaking three.
0: No, and he doesn't. He hasn't shown any of the defensive capabilities that Porzingis has. So, I mean, I'm not saying that you. I'm not saying that trading Porzingis is necessarily a bad move, because if you and they said they were playing hardball with it, you know, or at least super, you know, high expectations as far as return. That's fine. You should. You should not accept a poor man's offer for Porzingis. He's on a rookie deal. You're going to have his rights come restricted free agency. You've got, you know safe to say you've got, you know, three to five years left with this guy, maybe more, and you, you don't take something that's, that's, that's less than what you want for him because, first off, if you can get a crazy offer from somebody, maybe Boston overwhelms you, then maybe you do it. But I guess listening to talks isn't bad unless it causes, you know, KP to, to be disgruntled and not want to be there. Then that's what you risk. That's what you risk. By uh, by doing something like that. Quick
1: shout out to Evan Turner for just not giving any cares by asking if you were in Phil Jackson's shoes and Mrs. Buss said that she would get back with you if you trade Porzingis to the Lakers, would you? I mean, <laughs> talk about just no care given in the world. And then he entertained responses, retweeted several people on Twitter. I mean,
0: that, I mean that just he's had to, it, had to be mentioned. I mean that he's got his money. He's got he's got his yeah, keep getting him guaranteed charged, contract. Huh? He's, he doesn't have a care in the world.
1: Yeah, I think Porzingis, though, to keep it real, I mean, he's a potential superstar, and I know it's early, but that kind of skill set is just it's ridiculous. And, uh, you know, that's me on one hand. On the other hand, I know that uh, locker room uh, presence and chemistry, um, just the intangibles, how your team makeup is, just the healthiness of the situation – um, that stuff is very important. If you have people not wanting to play for someone, if you have people not wanting to play for each other, uh, problems arise. No matter how good your team is, so that's something to think about as well. Um, I just the the offer would have to be really, really good for me to just let go of Porzingis as soon as I started listening to offers.
0: Right, and I think that it's not a. This is my I think Phil Jackson is gone within the next calendar year. I think he's out of there. And if, if you entertained off, if you hire a new GM, the the outlook of the culture can change. And and KP could be all all in on the new the new regime. So it all is not lost here. You still have him. You know he's only been in the league one year. Uh, right. You still have him. Uh, you still have his rights. You still have him in restricted free agency. If you feel like he is unhappy in New York because of the stuff that Phil Jackson has done you just get rid of Phil Jackson and and you've basically got a, a new outlook for him and, and a very good chance that you can sell him on the new culture uh, with him being the centerpiece there and, and not having some kind of looming figure over him like Jackson. So i I'll look for them to move on from him in the next year.
1: Yeah, we'll see. But I mean, he's a, again, he's a potential all-star for many years to come. Yeah. So, I mean, he could get traded to a team that yeah. could really alter someone's, a team's destiny. Um, so something to be on the lookout that he's I'm it. sure we'll revisit it. But he's I think – go ahead.
0: No, I said he's a prototypical all-star for the next years to come with his skill set. So
1: Yeah, and he's he's great for the fan base. I mean, people love him as well. I mean, he's going to sell jerseys. He's also going to bring you some international audience. I mean, all of these things are important when we're talking about growing your global brand, especially someone like the Knicks who has such a far reach. But right. that's you know neither here nor there now. So. Uh, but no, the biggest thing you wanted to get to today that we wanted to discuss was um, – teams that have multiple first-round picks and maybe some strategy behind that what what uh what that what they should do with it is there anything else you want to touch on as far as trade talk before we move on to
0: that no that was uh that was that was enough there's probably some more stuff breaking as we speak you know you can't cover it all i'm swinging into
1: twitter just in case
0: oh yeah i've I've got it on the ipad here it's uh it's been refreshing so absolutely uh, no that was uh, honestly i want to spend the last few minutes here talking about this this was kind of something that I wanted to get into because I I was looking here at the draft. You know, I've been on draft express all the past month, you know, looking at what they had as projections and what teams were going to do. And I I realized there's, there's several teams here that have two or more first round picks and you don't see, you see that usually with one or two teams, but you don't, I mean, this is five teams in the first round that have multiple picks.
1: And two teams have three.
0: Right. And two teams have three and you have uh, two teams that made the playoffs this year in the West You have a team that's trying to get back in the Lakers. You have a team, a perennial loser in the Kings, that I like their position in the draft, but they have a new, they're rebuilding for sure. Then you have the Magic, who've just been playing around with stuff since Dwight left. So you've got some different philosophies there, which also makes this interesting. But we'll just kind of start from the top um, and and go ahead and get to a point that I kind of alluded to earlier. Um, Now the Lakers, they had two and 28, number two and number 28 in the draft. Uh, they now have added 27 barring any other moves where that's what i'm talking here in the scent i'm saying this believing that they will draft three players on thursday i think this is an important draft this is a very deep draft there's players with certain skill sets there's you know there's a lot of length. there's point guard depth there's there's big men late and in the middle there's athletic rim runners you've got seasoned college guys that late first round mid to early second round that you know can really provide you know kind of leadership like a a Draymond Green provided in the second round with it with Golden State everybody likes to use that analogy but not everybody's him but the seasoned college vet can be a good insert into that that core so I think these two to three picks that are going to be made on Thursday are very important for their free agency plans in the next two years they're playing. They're shedding cap space to sign Paul George next year, and the rumor is to possibly go after LeBron or somebody else. I don't else. think.
1: By the way, I don't think he ever leaves Cleveland again.
0: No, I. there's I think there's, he retires as a Cavs. It's, it's hard to see. It's hard to see, but regardless, if they try to go after a second guy other than Paul, uh, along with Paul, they're trying to have max cap space or at least room Absolutely. to get two stars. So these 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 picks are going to be important. You know, because they're going to be players that are on rookie deals for the next four years, uh, especially in the first round. Uh, you know, second rounders I think have a two plus one or something. But for um, the next three to four years, you're going to have these players making uh, rookie rookie salaries, especially those late two first round picks that are going to be very, very, um, you know, very cost valuable. efficient. Yeah. So these are players that you're going to need. These are contracts. Just forget the players they pick. These are contracts that you're going to need. To outfit your roster with current stars in the in the money that they're going to be owed, so instead of having to move players like Mozgov and Ding like you are now, you're going to have these players that would be easy to move if needed, especially if they show talent. And if you don't, if you want to keep them, they're not burdening your capital. You've got your young players still on their deals right now, and you're going to add two to three players here. Maybe you draft and stash one of these guys. You're going to add players that are on affordable contracts with those two new flex spots on the roster they're going to be so valuable over the next four to five years of your franchise because you're going to be able to have depth, but also be able to acquire, you know, present talent. So that's something that I've, you know, with the Lakers, especially with what it seems like they want to do is is very important. So
1: absolutely. I think it's like you said, it's super important for them to stockpile right now. Uh, that's pending, 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 pending. They don't flip the picks, but I don't think there's any question that, that Lonzo is the play for them. I mean, for the yeah. future and the assets that they already have and what it looks like that they're building for, especially with someone like Paul George potentially coming in, um, I think he has to be the play. And as I've looked around today and in the past on you know different mock drafts, and they compare it with my opinion and what I think, I mean there's only one guy that I've seen not you know that at least lately updated mocks. there's one guy. From CBS Sports, uh, Reed Forgrave. Um, they've got his mock up here, side by side with Gary Parrish. Reed actually has De'Aaron Fox going too, um, which is an interesting dynamic because, as we know, Magic Johnson was in Memphis for the mashup between Kentucky and UCLA when De'Aaron Fox uh, kind of torched him, uh, not only from a production standpoint, but from just a competitiveness and an attitude and effort standpoint. So. Something to keep in the back of your mind because as Bill Simmons points out a lot, Magic loves guys that care and that try and that give maximum effort. So uh, Reed going out on the limb there, but I think I think ball's got to be the play yeah. for them in the direction and the showtime that I'm sure they're longing to get back to.
0: Right, and and I think you know Magic is. I think he's got a good enough head. Sports Palinka as well. They've got good enough heads big on big their Palenka shoulders. Fan. Yeah, yeah, and and Walton as well. He's probably got input in this. He'll Love a him, coach. They've. I don't think they're going to overreact. Not that you shouldn't value those games against UCLA and Kentucky, but I don't think they're going to overreact oh, yeah, to a certain sure, of extent. course. And, and that's not saying that you believe that, but I don't think they're going to overreact to a point where they're going to say, you know, he really gave it to him in these two games, one-on-one, because I have seen that point made by multiple outlets and multiple talking heads saying that, you know, even local guys in Memphis who were there for the game saying that, oh, Darren Fox gave it to Lonzo two games in a row. He gave it to him right there. I was sitting there watching it. I would definitely take De'Aaron over Lonzo. And it's like that's what kind of can get you in trouble is valuing a one-on-one game in college like that. Yeah, and
1: obviously if we drafted pure off of what they did in college, then it would look nothing at all like it does now. I mean, Marco Fultz won nine games (laughs) as a senior. I mean, Josh Jackson did nothing but dunk the ball. In college, I mean, De'Aaron Fox shot less than thirty percent from three. I mean, we can go on yeah. and on here.
0: So. Right, right. But we we both see them taking Lonzo there. Uh, I think there's some value at the end of the first. Uh, right now, in the, in Draft Express, they're they're slotted to take Derek White from Colorado and Terrence Ferguson, uh, from uh, was going to supposed to play at Arizona, but ended up playing internationally. I like right. the Ferguson pick. I like the Ferguson pick. Um, I don't uh, hate the white pick. Uh, I would probably go uh, take another shot at somebody like if a Harry Giles is there. I love or, the Harry or, Giles pick. Right, right. Harry Giles or somebody like Caleb Swanigan or Jordan Bell. Uh, maybe I've, I've, even Jordan
1: Bell was actually the name I was going to bring
0: up. Yeah, right. He's he, he may. I don't think it's too high for him. You also have a player Never. like Jamon Evans, who's another point guard. Depending on what you have. What's your outlook is for the point guard position going forward? If you want to completely give the keys to Lonzo or what, so there's some options there for him. I really like their position. Um, uh, somebody else that I wanted to talk about was the Kings, who do have five and ten. Uh, I was, I'm there's, believe me, there's still time for them to screw up and trade these two picks. Absolutely. But they seem to have withstood the onslaught of trade offers so far. I'm um, super excited that they're doing that. You know, I lived in Sacramento for a little bit. Right, right. I lived in Sacramento for a little bit, uh, went to a couple games there. The city is nice. The, the arena is nice. I want them to be successful. Um, I do think that if they keep those picks, they're, they've got great value. Uh, they're probably – I don't think they're going to have to worry about it. I think they're going to definitely – Darren Fox is going to fall into their lap. And then they're going to have the 10th pick to see who if somebody like a – Malik Monk or Markinen or Jonathan uh, Isaac, somebody like that falls, or they reach and take a, you know, one of these uh, big men like a uh, Justin Patton, Jared Allen, somebody like that. So you're, you're in a Collins. good position. Zach Collins, yeah, you're in a good position there uh, to get some good talent, even if you if you get your man at. Five at Fox, and you're even looking at moving down. If somebody wants somebody at 10 and you want to move back into the middle or the late first Maybe round. Maybe like OG Ananovi
1: or something, you can move back and take him.
0: Right, or take him there. Yeah, do yeah. if you can do that, that's even a better move for you. Maybe you can get an extra second rounder or something. Absolutely. You never know what teams will throw in. If it's if the, if the team's on the clock, you can always get them to probably do a little bit more than, uh, than they're willing to do. So they're in a good position there. I like the rebuild. They've got some great big men there with Abissier, uh, uh, cauley Stein, and, and Papagiannis. Big Scott Ibisee fan. <laughs> big me too. He was uh, didn't get to highlight much at Kentucky, but I think he's got a lot of potential. You've also got uh, Buddy Hill there, who Vivek thinks is the next Steph Curry. <laughs> so, he, he
1: he doesn't look bad though. I mean, I think he he's he going to be it. a player that's going to need development. I don't I don't think his game is near polished yet. No, I'm
0: glad he got out of New Orleans, though. I'm not trying Absolutely. to hate on that franchise, but I didn't see him going anywhere there. I I'm, didn't see him mismanaging him. I'm glad he's out.
1: The The front office, and say what you want about Sacramento, I mean, it's been, a, it's been a train wreck. But all of it has been when Boogie's in the house. So it'll be interesting to see over the next 365 days or less if the majority right. was the front office or if it was Boogie. Um, no, it's probably a combination of both. But like you, I am excited to see because I think Dave Yeager is an excellent head coach, especially X's and O's. I think he can get a lot out of his players. Uh, so with the young pieces they have, if you can pair it to Aaron Fox with a Buddy Hill, which seems like a really good combination um, as far as their types, um, and then you think about the other young pieces that you mentioned, and then and and then really the kicker is who can you who can you get at ten. You, uh, and Gary Parish, I'm, I'm looking at, he's kind of, I think this is a reach. He's got Luke Kennard there. I think that's a little bit of a reach there. Um, but there are several a big men that you mentioned. Um, and you And you just, you just never, never know with people that could plummet. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if Jonathan Isaac went third to the Celtics or he went tenth to the Kings. You just never know. I mean, I think the Celtics are a lock to take Tatum. But you just never know. Like you mentioned, someone could fall into their lap at 10 just like Fox is more than likely going to fall into their lap at 5. And I think we both agree we'd like to see their franchise have some some good karma there and start yeah. to get it swung around a little bit. I miss, can... I, I miss I the teams of, of Mike Bibby and Paige Stoyakovich when we were kids. I mean, those were fun teams.
0: They were great on NBA Live. Yeah, absolutely. That was – they were they were knocked down from the outside. But, yeah, I, like I said, I want to see them – Get a little bit of success. Uh, that's going to be fun to watch. Uh, great position there. Uh, another team that's similar to them in the past. They've had a little more recent success than the Kings. Is the is the Orlando Magic? They have been in a finals in the last you know, and now it's even. I think it was like 2011, yeah. 2010. So it's it's been, you know been almost eight years now. Um, instead of six or seven years. So you've got a team that really hasn't done much in the playoffs. They've had head coach turnover. They have a good guy in Vogel there now, but. Does he work? Does his philosophy work? But you've got two first-round picks in a loaded draft. You've got like a sixth pick and the 25th pick. You know What are they trying to do with that? Uh, you know, I think that they're in a good position to draft Jonathan Isaac at sixth. Uh, he should be there unless somebody reaches on him. I, I hope they make that pick. Uh, I, I selfishly want Isaac on other rosters, but if he's there, you have to take him. I think that's the really – if they pass on Isaac – any other player that they take in that next few picks, I think, is probably going to be the wrong player, but, right? Unless it's maybe a Dennis Smith, but I like yeah, that was the one name I was going to mention. Yeah, yeah, but I but I like them at five and twenty-five. You're getting into that range, like we were talking about with with the Lakers, where you've got some, uh, you know, Harry Giles possibility. You've got some uh, some interesting, for, uh, you know, guys from overseas you're getting into those college upperclassmen. Depending, you know, Swanigan's there. You get into those picks where you're, you can really solidify the depth of your roster. That uh, the move might look, will look could look like a genius move in two to three years. So uh, interesting to see what they do. I don't really. They haven't really had a direction recently, so it's hard to say uh, what they have going on. But maybe they'll give give away Hazanja Hazania for free because I'd love for him to be in Memphis. <laughs> I love that guy. You are,
1: you I'm have sure. driven that wagon since the day that he started. <laughs> I'm not
0: off. I'm still on. Fully on. It's almost like your own version of Waiters Island. It is my own I mean it's what is it? It's like a Hazania yeah. gazebo or something. I don't know, like what they whatever they have in Spain, uh, uh, with where he was playing with Barcelona, but I I would I think he I think his confidence has taken a hit in Orlando with not knowing what his role was and not really having the support of anybody. In the organization I think putting him on a situation where a team that's running and gunning and is, is telling them to go out there and do what you can do I, I think it's the best case scenario for him so it's interesting um, because Frank Vogel was such a hot commodity uh,
1: that offseason I mean I remember several people around the Grizz uh, you know mentioning his name as someone they like to see on the Grizzly sideline and it's just you know he went to, I know it's a completely different situation there and he would have probably been much better just based on talent that we have in memphis but uh between him like you said does he, is he gonna work out the roster makeup is very interesting um but yeah the pick that i really agree with is, is jonathan isaac at first i wasn't that high on him but that's mostly because i'm not much of a b- college basketball guy uh, but the more i listen to people that i trust their opinions and value their opinions he uh, he seems to be Someone that it's going to be highly sought after. So um, yeah, unless it's him or Dennis Smith, uh, which I'm not a huge believer in Alfred Payton, so I'd probably be fine with Dennis Smith. Um, And and then I would I would say that's probably the direction they need to go. And I don't I don't you kind of already hit on it with the with the mid twenties pick. We've touched about on that a few times now. So
0: yeah, most of those picks are going to be similar similarly slotted. Um, But yeah, I think there's some potential there for him. Uh, i like to see what they do. Uh, another squad that also has three first-rounders is, and it's very interesting because of their roster, is the Blazers. Um, they, uh, like you, you you, sit here, they current currently have one of the highest salaries in the NBA for next year um, uh, with them having uh, CJ, uh, Damian, and Evan Turner on long-term deals. Yeah, it's crazy to say that Evan it's Turner's wild. on a long-term deal. What are you doing? There? Another one of those sign, signees, and as much as I hate to say it, you have to throw Parsons in there. Another yep. one of those signees from last year, when the the first year of the cap spiked, where you're looking at it and like teams were just spending money because they had it. It was almost like they didn't think they'd have it the year after. Um, we're we're still both believers in Parsons, but you have teams like you have players like Bazemore and uh, and and uh, ah, what's his name uh, Turner that you're just like, ah, was it was it worth it? Did you overvalue one season that he had? Like what what uh what you know, what was the deal there? So it's it'd be interesting to see if they had that cap space going into this off season, but yeah, I just got, don't know what they're gonna do with these picks. Like they're middle, they're middle of the pack picks. They're fifteen, 15, 20, and twenty five, I think. I mean
1: you can get a decent player at, you know, fifteen, maybe even twenty. I mean who really knows, but I mean let me hold on. I need to I need to swing into there. Let me go back to their contracts real quick.
0: Yeah, jump in there and see because I know that they don't have a lot of. I know they got Nurkic in the trade this year, which is great. Yeah, he worked out really well. He worked out. That was that was the trade of the year, probably that went under the radar. Yeah, so they've got him anchoring that uh, low post right now. He'll come up on a contract soon. You know that I think they could take a chance at one of these big guys in the middle. I mean, they're gonna have to cut cut someone. I mean, what is it? Fifteen roster spots. No, it's gonna be seventeen this year actually with those two flex spots with the D League. So, um, you're gonna be uh, able to have two guys that are so on your roster but they don't have to dress out. Like they can play they don't have to they can play in the D League and play in the NBA but not have to be So a couple things here or something like that. Uh, today at work and I'm
1: not sure what the what the specifics of this is, but what I was told was if you were in a flex spot you can only be in considered on the NBA roster for forty five total days, so wow. I don't I don't know if that's true. I don't know if it's higher. I don't know if it's lower. So I mean, essentially, what that means is you're on the roster for game day, and then you're immediately considered to be sent back down. Um, wow. Which, from a travel standpoint and a practice standpoint, that really doesn't affect us because our new our new G League team is here. They'll still be practicing at the forum. Obviously, what it affects is the money that they're probably making when they're sent back down. Uh, but secondly, that's just something to keep in mind. Secondly, uh, currently, according to Basketball Reference, uh, the Blazers have 16 guys under contract. Now, you would expect wow. them to probably try to get rid of uh, probably both Jake Lehman and Tim Quarterman, which could take them to 14. Uh, surprisingly, they also have Anderson Vergeau, um on wow. little well, less than $2 million. They have Pat Connison, of course, still... Uh, he'll be an expiring, so uh, might can see some roster turnover from them. Uh, but just to note, they have 16 guys under contract now, so um, it will be interesting to see how they attack those picks. Um, you know, if they're if if you can get someone that's you know a contributor at 15, who on the current roster will get moved to a flex. I mean, I think like someone like a quarterman from LSU would, but uh, just something something to watch because of how much money they've already committed. Um, yeah. I mean, obviously they're not doing anything in free agency. So,
0: no, and I and I will uh, issue an apology here. I didn't list Alan Crab's atrocity of a deal <laughs> in, the, in the precursor to this talking yeah. point with talking about their salaries. He's making a million. smooth. He's making a smooth eighteen point five this past season, uh, while he was check. warming their, warming their bench and playing occasional, you know. 15 minutes a game. So, my that's favorite what thing about <laughs> Crabb is
1: when he came to Memphis and we had the one fan that kept calling him Odell. So, he <laughs> that's kept yelling
0: Odell at him. Like a bunch of Disrespect. That's, he's, making, he's making way more money that's, than Odell, too. <laughs> disrespectful <laughs> to Odell, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, but Crabb's over there saying, like, yeah. he ain't making close to yeah. the money I am. Yeah. But, oh, man. But that's, uh, that's interesting to see with them. They've got some good young guys on good contracts, like Mo Harkless and uh there uh you, you it's interesting to see what they do um i think they can come off some of those guys that they have pretty uh pretty easily um i think they've already renounced festus azili so he's not no Well, that be would gonna take them down to 15 anymore. them i didn't realize that yeah. no no I, that's just something that i remember seeing i don't know if it's this year or they're it's I, it's some kind of option but they're not bringing him back uh and then there's uh one or two other guys but they've got some moves there i think they should take a chance on one of these uh I mean, they may be the Giles
1: candidate. I mean, honestly,
0: yeah that that's a that's a team that I think you should. I was uh, I think with three first round picks, if you don't take a swing a home run swing with your first one, then one of these in the twenties you have to. Well, one of these in the twenties is definitely
1: going to be a G leaguer all year, and Mm -hmm. Giles with his injuries and he's going to need some development more than anything. I mean, at 26, if he's on the board, they may be silly not to to scoop him there, and just put put him in the G League all year. May, maybe not. I, crap, I don't know. With with his personality, I don't know if he's down for that. But
0: <sighs> right, I, I agree. It's you've you've got. To, I mean, they will have some guys in the D League for the greater part of this year. Um, you can have a player like Giles and, and ease him along in, see if the injury concern is there. Uh, I think you but like you got to take a home run, uh, whether it be reaching on somebody that's going to be an early second rounder slotted if it's a Swanigan or a jordan bell how do you feel or, about frank mason is that too much of a reach i think it's too much of a reach i don't uh i don't hate the idea of him being there but i think it may be too much of a reach i uh, do they yeah he'll probably be there in rounder? the f- um i think they I'm have a sure. second rounder I've, i don't see one off the top here so they don't have a second rounder um, but, eh, I mean, it depends, like, what's there, I mean, if you, did think not that, have a if you think that Frank Mason is worth the pick, then you take him back. I
1: was just trying to think of someone you that's have, a, you know, a four-year player, I mean, obviously he's a little bit different, but I think about someone like Malcolm Brogdon, who was yeah. such a contributor this year, and Portland's a team to where the money that they're spending, they're going to try to need to compete as soon as possible, so, um, if you can get someone that's going to be able to come in and give you valuable minutes, so granted they like you've mentioned they've got several people that are handling the ball that are already getting paid. So I don't know if you need someone else, but that was that was kind of my my uh, my thought process behind that.
0: Yeah, that's uh, maybe that's, even that's I mean
1: even someone like a Cindarius Thornwell. I mean something mm-hmm. along those lines.
0: I don't hate that a def- three and D guy potential probably you know his ceiling high, D high D. effort guy high effort guy gonna you know guard the best player on the other team so that's uh that's it that's because they have wing talent there but you don't really have like you have crab and and harkless and uh you know layman and talent Connit- you don't really have anybody that's blown it's that you that you feel comfortable with um you know really uh, defensively so uh, it's interesting I, I think they i think they probably go after one of the, one of those uh one of those ways but uh, the last team that has multiple picks here that I want to cover really quick is maybe the most interesting because of their past season was the uh, the Utah Jazz. They have pick number twenty-four and number thirty. They have their own pick, and then this is the uh, the uh, Golden State Warriors pick uh, that they had from a past trade in the years past. Um, you have uh, they were the number five seed. Uh, technically, it was an upset over the Clippers, but not from you know our perspective. Right. We thought they'd win. So they, they, they went into the second round, got swept by the by the Warriors, but they had a great successful season. You know, very consistent throughout the year, even throughout injuries. Their big question mark is Gordon Hayward, which has been. What do you think? i yeah, I'll go right into it. I don't think he leaves. I think it's, I don't either. That's how I, I think I feel it's free. maybe one of the safest locks out there right now. That, that he stays in and, in and team. I mean, there's so many Boston Celtics fans out there. And there's so they they there's so many prominent media members that are from that area of the country that now work nationally that you see kind of it's talked about so much. And they have the team the team with the most assets, they're always making moves. So the, Hayward's been rumored there, the Brad Stevens. Well, Brad, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. It yeah. makes
1: more it than makes, enough sense.
0: It definitely are there are connections. And he there.
1: will meet with them.
0: He probably yeah, he probably will it's just one of those things where I don't see Boston being able to attract him. Um, You can sign for a little bit more money in Utah and not really any much of a making a difference, but he's already got his life there. I didn't realize he was married with kids, but I did hear that he's settled there. It's a great place to live. You know, he's got a team where he's the best player and he's not going to be expected to win a championship in the next couple of years. So he can, you know, he's going to be able to work in with that core that seems like they play well and love playing together. So I think, honestly, I think it's a, a for-sure deal that he stays.
1: I don't think it's for sure, but I'm also I'm in the camp right. that he stays. I, there are, most people think it's a foregone conclusion the other way, which I get their oh, points. Okay. They're very valid. But they're, they have built something special. And I understand that Boston has as well, but you and I both seem like Boston's just never going to pull the trigger on anything. <laughs> well, Utah has made it very clear. They're here to cause some havoc in the Western Conference, and they're extremely talented. And I think that they're probably good enough, depending on what happens with the Spurs, you know, to get as high as maybe even the three seed. I mean, who who really knows if they're healthy? I mean, they they've kind of got it all. You know, they've got a, a pretty good point guard. They've got a you know potentially a Defensive Player of the Year. They've got a uh, you know go getter and Hayward. You have got the young guy that's coming up, Rodney Hood. I mean, they have so many boxes that are checked. That especially with the family aspect, I don't, I just don't know if he leaves. They've got the tremendous home crowd advantage, um, and, and Boston is tempting, right? I mean, especially with, with your coach uh, Brad Stevens, but um, I, I, I'm going to be with you, and I feel like we're probably in the minority, other than Utah Jazz fans, that think he's going to uh, stay in Utah. So,
0: yeah, I think uh, you know you've got go bear still on a reasonable deal. Um, they have a point guard, a little bit of a point guard question with George Hill leaving, but I think that Exum could step. A guy who I liked uh, in the draft, Exum. I think he can step in and play minutes there. Uh, these picks that I was uh, kind of the point of this was the the picks number twenty four, and number thirty. If they happen to hold on to Hayward, these are picks like we talked about with the Lakers. If they want to continue on this track of contending and trying to get those the home field, home court advantage in the first round, beating teams like the Warriors there's probably going to be some more free agent moves you make in the year in the next couple of years. You're going to try to hopefully with Hayward and with Gobert and and with Hood and those players, you can attract another, preferably a wing player from, in my opinion, you can attract another wing player. And if you have players on these rookie deals, uh, like here, they're slotted to take the, uh, or semi out of, uh, SMU. And then they're slotted to take, uh, you know Isaiah Hardenstein, which uh, I'm not even going to get into that. He's probably going to be terrible, right? Um, from uh, an international player. I think these are important picks. I think you can take a, you can solidify your big man depth uh, with you know Derek Favors probably leaving in a year, and at twenty four you can maybe maybe take a maybe take the big man there and then take one of those college you know maybe a Terrence Ferguson or a Frank Jackson somebody we've talked about. You know maybe you take one of those players or maybe you take I like it. personally if I were them I would take Jawan Evans at thirty. He's the point guard out of Oklahoma State. Was the They had the best offense in the NCAA last year. These are the only limited college stats that I know. <laughs> but right. a lot of people, he, he's kind of fallen lately, but a lot of people had him going back into the first round because he may be a guy who can step in and play right now, especially on a second unit. So with George Hill possibly leaving and them handing the keys to Exum and not being super confident about it, I like for them to take one of these, a you know, point guard loaded draft. I like for them to take somebody like uh, uh, an Evans or a Frank Jackson out of Duke, and and, and let them kind of be the backup point uh, on that s- slim deal uh, for them to be a contender in the next few years. So uh, I think there's some good good options for them there.
1: Absolutely. I mean, I, I would resonate with that. I really don't see any more need to go into them. I mean, I know it's just 24 yeah. and 30 there, so it's just important that they make some good. Key selections right. that could potentially help them, but dude, I feel like we've covered a ton. This has been probably our best yeah. one yet. I know we haven't done a lot of them, but um, yeah, this is this is pretty great. Um, I'm super excited for Thursday night.
0: Oh, I can't wait, man! I'm gonna really. Have... I'm
1: excited to wake up in the morning to a Woj bomb. If I'm being honest, <laughs> yeah, because it's you know he's happen. not sleeping for the next seventy-two hours. So
0: no, he's he's not, and I'm I'm gonna have a whole one of my whole screens dedicated to his broadcast oh, absolutely on Thursday. So you gotta have the ESPN on mute in the background just yeah, so you don't miss it. anything crazy, and then have the other stuff, uh, Twitter and uh, the vertical up in the background so or up uh, in the forefront. So nothing else really to talk about. Uh, super pumped week. Try to do another pod tomorrow. We'll see who what we can gather uh, day before the draft. There'll probably be some more news, some more rumors. Uh, only other tidbits I want to throw in there. We did chat about this offline, but Kawhi. Leonard has cut oh his r i p. Right, we may be the first podcast that you hear that talks about this, and you know we appreciate you listening because you need to hear that info. You need to know that he cut his braids. You don't need to be surprised yeah. on opening night next year. So absolutely uh, heard it here first, and also another Plumley was traded. So we're going to keep a count on the Plumley trade counter this year uh, as a you know a running thing on the podcast. So I'm I'm sure that uh, Mason Mason is going to try to catch up to miles and, and be traded away from denver this year so sometime. so we'll be on the lookout for that and we'll try to break that news for you but uh but yeah man it was great i think we we got everything out of the way just uh looking forward to the rest of the week
1: yeah stay in touch with twitter for the bombs uh also a big shout out to stein and aldridge have done some key reporting this week and kind of yep. stolen some things from shams and, and woach so Definitely something to monitor for us uh, nerdy Twitter users um, going into Thursday who can get scoops seen, the fastest, So
0: I haven't seen Shams any. any yeah, right, he's really he's, yeah,
1: You know, he'll just be there on a blow <laughs> just show just on his falling off to the side. So That's because
0: but, Shams will probably break the Paul George trade tomorrow. That'll probably, probably be so. what happened out of nowhere. I hadn't tweeted in three days. Breaks the Paul George trade. But yeah. Thanks for joining us, guys. Uh, tons of content we can keep talking about. We'll come back tomorrow or Thursday. We'll, we'll have something out for you before the end of the week. So, um uh but thanks for joining. Appreciate uh you j- jumping on Walker. Um but yeah guys, we'll talk to you next time.
1: No easy buckets.
0: <laughs> See ya.
2: Yeah. Hey, hey. I, I, I just want a bad bitch to make me feel good. Yeah, make me feel good. Hey, hey, I just want a bad bitch to make me feel good. Yeah, make me feel good. Hey, all I need is a bad bitch to make me feel uh. good. Make me feel good, make me feel great. Girl, girl, motherfuck your boyfriend. I met her at this moment. She gonna write that thing like she stole it. Working like a Mexican baby, call me. Freaky look, thing Throw in my direction Yeah, Make this shit feel like a vacay Relationship pay, but I ain't back Working like this since the 8th grade Been the same, no I ain't changed If you playing girl, I ain't got no time Keep in mind baby, I'm just trying to see you from behind Do alright baby girl, is it still good? I, I, I just want a bad bitch to make me feel good Yeah Make me feel good wanna with the ambassador. And Nung told me that it's all about longevity. So I'm hustling, getting to this money to the death of me. Need the dope, been a Her and I, king and queen. How she got in them jeans, trying to get in between. And when we pull up to the crib, then it's going down. So I push the pedal to the floor. I'm tearing through the town. She reach over with her left and she gon' feel wood. I, 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 I just want a bad bitch to make me feel good. Yeah. You know, yeah. Feel good, T-L- I got you. Hey, I, I, I just want a bad bitch to make me feel good. Yeah. Make me feel good. Hey, all I need is a bad bitch to make me feel good.